Hello and welcome to Work Human Radio, powered by Global Force, where we talk about bringing more humanity to today's workplaces and how companies can create a more positive employee experience. My name is Mike Wood. I am the social media manager here at Global Force, and I am joined by the wonderful Sarah Payne. Sarah Payne, say hello to everybody. Hello. So Sarah recently had the opportunity to talk to one of our keynote speakers for WorkHuman 2017, Susan Kane, and I know you were thrilled about that because a lot of people don't work side by side in a cube with you like I do, but you are an introvert. That's right. Not really secret introvert at that. <laughs> yeah, I was super excited to talk to Susan. We actually caught her on her way to an appointment, so she was in the car. But for those of you who don't know who she is, she has a really famous TED Talk about introverts. And she's our Work Human 2017 keynote speaker. Uh, she's the author of the books Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And more recently, Quiet Power, The Secret Strengths of Introverts. Uh, she also started a company called Quiet Revolution, whose mission is to unlock the power of introverts for the benefit of us all. So Sarah caught up with Susan Kane while she was on her way somewhere. Um, you'll be able to hear her in the car. Uh, you'll hear the turn signals and whatnot. But take a listen to the first part of our two-part interview with Susan Kane, one of the keynote speakers at WorkHuman 2017. My first question I wanted to ask was, how do you define an introvert? Well, um, probably a lot of your readers will be aware of the idea that it has a lot to do with where you get your energy. So introverts get their energy from being kind of in quieter situations. They could be very socially skilled, but just derive more energy from a quieter situation, whereas extroverts get their energy more from being out there. And I think that is a really useful kind of rule of thumb definition, but it's also important to understand that these are neurobiological differences. And um, the reason introverts get their energy from being in a quieter situation is that we have nervous systems that react more to stimulation. And so that means when there's too much going on, we kind of feel an overreaction. Whereas extroverts have the opposite liability, which is um, they have nervous systems that don't react as much. So if there's not enough going on, um, an extrovert will feel kind of bored and sluggish and listless, and that's why they'll start looking for people to talk to and looking for things to do. I can totally relate to the introvert energy level. <laughs> what would you say is the most surprising thing you've learned about introverts in your research? Well, probably the amazing correlations between introversion and excellent leadership performance. I think there is a perception in this culture that, okay, if you're an introvert, maybe there are some things you can do well, but probably leadership is not one of them. But the data, and, and by the way, people act out that assumption because um, we know that introverts tend to be passed over for leadership positions. But the data show that when introverts make it to those leadership positions, they actually tend to deliver great and sometimes superior results which is really interesting, and there's a lot, you know, and, and you can see examples of this from Gandhi, you see it in transformational leadership, um, and also in business leadership, you see figures like Seth Comstock, the vice chair of MTE, um, Douglas Conant, the, the much-revered former CEO of Campbell Soup, and there's a reason for this. Introverted leaders tend to 
solicit ideas from other people and listen to those ideas and use them. So there is not as much of a brain drain. Um, but also, many introverts arrive at leadership positions not because they can set out to be a leader and doggedly became one, but rather because they, they tend by their nature to get very passionate about one or two subjects in their lives. And when mm-hmm. they get passionate about their work or about a cause or a mission or whatever it is, um, they end up, you know, inspiring trust and building alliances and acquiring expertise. And they ascend to leadership positions in the name of the thing that they really deeply care about. And that is a very potent way of being a leader. People people can feel that commitment. Right. Leading by passion, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's not just the leading by passion, but it's the how did you get to become a leader in the first place? You know, I, I think there are some people who just want to be a leader and and that's what's motivating them. And whereas for a lot of the people that we've studied, they they weren't motivated by being a leader per se. They were motivated by the underlying things that they were doing. And when you work for somebody like that you can tell the difference too. You can tell the difference, and you end up attracting other people who were similarly motivated by the cause itself, you know, by the project itself, as opposed to by their salary or by their their title. Not not that these things fall away. You know, we're humans. All these things matter. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want a purpose-driven workplace, it helps to have a purpose-driven leader. Exactly. So this is this next question is sort of related. Um, Work Human 2016, we had uh, Amy Cuddy, your friend, as our keynote speaker, and yeah. I thought this <laughs> I thought this was really interesting. Um, last year, she told the New York Times that now people think it's cool to be an introvert. <laughs> do you agree with that, um, or do you think there's still misconceptions out there about introverts? Um, I think it's both. I think that um, she's right. It, it like it's changed enormously. Um, you know, and, and sometimes I kind of have to giggle. A couple of years ago, or a year ago, I don't know, I sat on a panel with Ariana Huffington, George Stephanopoulos, Candace Bergen, a couple other people, all well-known. And, you know, one by one, they all publicly on this panel identified themselves as introverts. And I really don't think that would have happened six years ago. So, I do think the culture has shifted enormously that way. Uh, at the same time, there's still a really long way to go, and particularly in the business world, when you're talking about looking for a job, or as we just said, looking, yeah, you know, putting your head in the ring for a leadership position. I do think there's still a stigma that is associated with the idea of being an introvert. So I analogize this to the women's movement where we've come so far and there's still so far to go. So we know we all crave connection and appreciation at work. Uh, Do you think introverts like to be recognized differently than extroverts? And if so, how? Yeah, I think they're they're, um, less interested in being... I I think they do like to be praised publicly, but not in a way that puts them off the spot in an uncomfortable way. Um, You know, not in a way that draws uncomfortable or unwelcome attention. Um, But you also want to pay attention to how are you rewarding them for their contributions? Because I remember um, conducting interviews out in Silicon Valley 
and one manager telling me that he'd been part of a team of very introverted engineers who had done exceptional work and management rewarded them by like sending them on a cruise, the equivalent of sending them on a cruise. <laughs> like this is the last thing we want to do. You know, reward me by letting me like go home and <laughs> do my own thing. That's that's what I want. So So it's uh, about choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's about choice and it's about I think people do want recognition as a human. Everybody wants it, but they they want, they tend to want it in quieter ways. So that's part one of our interview with Susan Kane. If you want to learn more about introverts, you can register to hear Susan speak in person at WorkHuman 2017, May 30th through June 1st in Phoenix, Arizona. Or you can visit WorkHuman.com for more details. And for a full transcript of this interview, visit the Global Force blog at GlobalForce.com backslash GFblog. Stay tuned for part two of our two-part interview with Susan Kane. Till next time, this is Work Human Radio.